Welcome, listeners, to our first Student Affairs and Services podcast. I am your host, Michael Anthony Suarez, also known as MAS. Why MAS? Because I always leave people wanting more. I graduated from MSU from the Communications College in 2015, and I'm back at Michigan State University pursuing my graduate program in Strategic Communications. I am sitting right across from Karen Hansen, the Interim Executive Director of the Career Services, and she's also the Director of the Employers Relations and Professional Transition of the Communications Arts and Science College. Quick backstory, I met Karen Hansen in Rome, Italy, the summer of 2014, while I was doing the Made in Italy program that's through the College of Communications. As soon as I saw Karen, I knew that I was going to have a great relationship with her. I knew that she was a very knowledgeable person, and throughout my college experience, I continued to seek her out. Years later, 2018, I find myself sitting next to this amazing, hardworking woman. And really quick, I know you all can't see us, but Karen exudes confidence. She's a, she has strong worth ethics, and she's so authentic. Every time I see her, she's dressed to the nines. She's always looking so great, so professional. So, Karen, what could you tell me about your role as the interim executive director for the career services? Michael, it's so good to be here. I'm so excited to be sitting across from you. And I have to say you're dressed to the nines today, <laughs> looking very, very sharp. Thank you. Um, and it's exciting to be here, uh, especially with you, considering all that um, the past history that you have mentioned, getting to know you in Rome and the things that you were looking towards with your future at that time, all that you did after graduation and now pursuing your program. So I not to digress, but mm -hmm. I, I wanted to make sure um, that we made note of the fact that you've accomplished so much in the past few years since I've known you. And it's it's definitely an honor to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Karen. Uh, working in career services is absolutely amazing for me because I have the opportunity to impact 50,000 students every single day. Students come here because they know that they are able to understand and figure out their purpose and gain some skills and experiences to help them truly help others in the world in a wide variety of different ways. As we all know, Spartans will, and uh, we're here to make sure that they are able to continue to do that. Career services um, has been exciting, not only both in the College of Communication Arts and Sciences, but now in this role where I have the impact to work with all of the colleges across campus because students are doing so many different types of things. There's not a focus on just one area. So what is the career services? Like, sure. what would you want for our listeners to know about career, the Career Service Center? Sure. So most people think of career services and they think, Resume. I'm going to get help with a resume. Perhaps I can interact with some employers at a career fair. Um, but pretty much that's it. Maybe some interviews. Um, and we definitely do those things. So those might be the outward things that you see every day in and day out. We offer um, resume critiques every single day of the week in a drop-in basis, um, as well as individualized career advising appointments that can help students with everything from I don't even understand what I can do with my degree um, all the way through to I know exactly what I want to do, but I just need a little bit of help making that right connection and networking in my industry. 
But we do everything um, in between that as well. So uh, my goodness, we help execute 37 different career fairs and networking events throughout the year. Um, We have workshops on everything from your basics with regards to resumes, but how to use LinkedIn appropriately to make great connections um, and how to network correctly um, and also field experience trips. So places to California or New York or Chicago, wherever it might be, so that you can truly break into different industries um, and visit organizations that may not be coming to campus at one of our 37 different career fairs. So those are just a few of the things, actually, that that we have available for students. Why does this one exist and why is it in the Student Service Building when there's other ones part Uh, of different colleges? Great question. Great question. So Career Services is truly a network. So we are the Career Services Network and we're all connected. So we have partnerships with all 17 colleges across campus. And we have career consultants in the different colleges. So for example, you're speaking of College of Communication Arts and Sciences. So we have a small career center there, but that center is actually connected to career services at the student services building. Okay. So the college is there because they're an our, the career consultant in the college is an expert on the fields represented within the college itself, and they know those students, but they actually report up through the career services network. And that way, all across campus, we're able to break down silos and all be on the same page with the information that we're providing services, or okay. providing um with the information that we're providing to our students. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so just the, the college is just more of an expert in that field versus maybe the career service network is more broad. And That is correct. Okay. But all of our programming, all of the different opportunities that are available to students um, are across campus and we help plan those together. Mm. But a student in, or excuse me, a well, students in arts and letters can go right to someone within the College of Arts and Letters, and they can connect with someone in their college that is an expert in careers associated with their their field. But that individual is connected to all of the other career services professionals across campus. It's a unique model, but it works really well, and it best serves our students across such a huge campus. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. When I was an undergrad and I would go to career fairs, like at the Breslin Center, it was huge. There were just so many different uh, corporations and organizations there. And then when I would go to the communications college fair, it was more intimate. So I was able to just ask more questions with people that were in my industry versus going to this huge career fair and just not knowing where to start with what employers to go seek out first. I really do appreciate that motto and it makes a lot of sense. Karen, how long have you been doing this? I've been a part of MSU Career Services for 10 years. Why do you think that it's important that this resource exists like at MSU? What's so important about it? Well, I think that students are here not only to... Um, students are here to understand what their purpose is and to make a larger impact. And we're here to help enable that. We want students to not only find that first job, that first internship, and then that first job, but to be able to have those skills for life. We know that students have anywhere between 10, not students, but individuals have 10 to 12 jobs over the course of their lifetime. We're not teaching you just to find that first opportunity, but we want to make sure, again, that you have those skills needed to get you through those 10 to 12 different job searches 
that you're going to be faced with throughout your lifetime. That's great. What time do you think it's important for students to start seeking these resources? It's important for students to start seeking these resources immediately. Um, as soon as you're a freshman on campus, just understanding what you have available to you. I think that a lot of students, when they start here, um, whether they're start as a freshman or they start as a transfer student, they might become a little bit overwhelmed because we are so big. But what I like to tell students is because we are so big, that means we have an extraordinary amount of resources available to them. So I help them break it down and show them what things they can do now as as, fresh, as freshmen um, to help them be prepared when they are a graduating senior um, and they're ready to actually go out and pursue their career. Um, so we're incorporating a lot of career search or career-related activities um, into coursework as much as possible. So Perhaps you had a course where you were required to do a resume or you had individuals come into your classes to talk to you about different resources that are available to you. Um, I know you receive newsletters as a yes. student mm -hmm. that are listing all of the different opportunities that are available. We have Handshake, which is um, our go-to um, system for students to find everything related to the options available, whether that be the their jobs. Last year, there were 64,000 jobs posted on Handshake for MSU students um, or on-campus interviews or events or workshops. But if you're discovering that right away as a freshman and you know where those resources are, maybe you're not quite ready to jump into an internship fall term freshman year. But at least if you're acclimating yourself to the system that's available to you and feeling comfortable with networking, then later that year, perhaps you'd be very comfortable moving into an internship or something along those lines. Talking about the handshake, when I was mm -hmm. uh, working at the as, at the student orientation for all the freshmen, that was super popular. Like a lot of parents, there, there was a lot of buzz about the handshake thing. How long has it been here at MSU? And That's fantastic. So handshake, again, it's our, um, our platform that we utilize for everything career related for students. Um, that has been, we have been using handshake for three years. Um, we were an early adopter of Handshake, um, most definitely in the Big Ten, but definitely across the United States and other schools. Um, there are over 400 schools that are now currently utilizing Handshake, and we've helped onboard them um, throughout the last couple years due to our successful implementation. So it was exciting to be an early adopter of the system. It's very easy, and, and students should definitely check it out. So is there only jobs that uh, like MSU is posting, or it's like it's open from different organizations that are posting jobs on there. Yeah, it's definitely, that's a, a great point. It's open to all organizations to post jobs. Um, we do screen employers. We want to make sure okay. yeah. uh, to a degree, um, but it's definitely open to employers um, across the globe to post positions so students can find opportunities not only right here on campus, but also across the globe. Wow, that's um, amazing. Yeah. I've utilized it and I've checked it out and it's just so easy to navigate through. And it's easy for employers and it's also easy for the employees to like look for jobs. That's effective for our students. Good. Speaking about the Handshake website, like what do you think that employers are looking for in a resume, like for students? Employers are looking for a resume that's easy to read and that quickly communicates the transferable skills. Um, there are a lot of opinions on resumes. We could go into a whole podcast mm -hmm. on resumes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who all will be listening to that, <laughs> but we could. Um, the key with resumes 
you, you hear a lot of different things. Should it be one page? Should it be two pages? Generally for undergrad and speaking with recruiters that um, are hiring entry-level candidates from a four-year institution, they're looking for a one-page resume. Um, again, something that is a simple communication piece that truly gets across why you are a great match for the opportunity that you're applying for. Um, we have some great sample um, resumes on our website. Um that students can check out for sure, as well as in our career handbook, um, which is also on our yes. website as well. Which as is perfect. Copy. Yeah, I love the book. That is, it has so many tons of resources and it has samples of the resumes. So that, and you have them at the career services office, right? So we students do. could just pick them up. We do. That's yes. great. So just like the, the resume, does the format of it, like it, it, there's people that have like logos or they have like a little brand or like a slogan on them. What do you think about that? Like, should it just be simple, like your name and then mm -hmm. the font and black and white? Should it be a color paper? What's like the most simple uh, resume for an average student at MSU to kind of create or to have? Well, I wish there was just one resume template that everybody was forced to follow because it would make our lives a lot easier. However, we want to make sure that people's individual interests are, of course, communicated. Mm -hmm. So we do truly say stay away from a template for the most part. Um, but with that said, um, again, we're hearing over and over again from recruiters, they truly want you to keep it simple. If you are creative and if you um, if your career interests lie in an, a field that that is creative or that um, where your design skills truly need to be demonstrated, then it's recommended that you both have a simple resume. So something that's clear and concise with bullet points, but also one that does showcase your creativity. So something that showcases your design skills. Um, again, but they emphasize it's important to have both. Um, I know I speak with recruiters who are looking to hire the future art directors of the world. <laughs> and that is a, a key piece. They say, you know what, you still need to have that basic resume um, but they do want something a little bit um, that helps you stand out if you're looking for that more of a creative industry um, in addition. But again, that that's in addition. What advice would you give to students to prepare for like a strong resume? So maybe like a freshman and a sophomore kind of starting to build their resume and looking for an internship. But then by the time they graduate from college with their bachelor's degree, what should they have on their resume? Like what type of experiences, what type of like background? Depends on what you want to do. So that is definitely a key. You can't be everything to everyone with okay. your resume. You only have one page, so it doesn't allow you to do that. With that said, sometimes you don't quite know exactly what you want to do and you could do a lot of different types of things. I mean, I even think of, of you and you had so many different, have so many different skills and could have gone in so many different directions. But in the end, it's important to just focus on one specific area. Um, so for example, if you are looking to go into um, social media marketing, then you would pull primarily your social media marketing skills. Um, and those would be the ones that you would focus on. That doesn't mean you don't mention the job that you might have that you that have paid the bills all the way through school because that really illustrates a part of your life that shows that you're a really hard worker, right? So maybe that's the skill that that's demonstrating, even though maybe social media marketing wasn't a part of that job. So you have to look at all of your different experiences and see what hole does this fill for a future employer? Um, and if it truly doesn't, then perhaps it's something that you should leave off your resume. Now, as a freshman, sometimes that means you're practically putting everything on your resume, right? Because you got to fill up that piece of paper. Um, but I have so much fun working with students that I know 
um, throughout their four years here. And when they come back and we sit down and they say, they tell me about their amazing summer internship that they had. And we try to figure out a way to figure out what to take off the resume. We get to take something off that isn't as relevant and add on this new experience. I absolutely love that. Um, and I think that that's the key is you know that your resume is always something that's in flux based on the skills and experiences that you have at that moment. Should the students also include like community service work mm-hmm. or like student organization work too? So being involved in a lot of different types of things, you know, we have over 500 student organization, yes. registered student organizations mm-hmm. on campus, which again, huge plus for being at such a, a amazing school. Um, So there's always something that students can find that is a good match for their skills and interests and hopefully help them with professional development as well. But sometimes it might not be right along the lines of professional development. It could be social. There's usually some leadership or something that's a part of it that does help them with regards to their professional development. So I think it's figuring out does this, so for the most part, yes, put those student organizations mm-hmm. and your volunteer experience, put that on your resume because that is going to make a difference and show that employer that you're very well-rounded and you're involved in a lot of different types of things and help you pull from different examples to demonstrate your diverse skills to that employer. Occasionally, students might be involved in something that they don't necessarily um, feel directly relates or they don't feel that... Um, it is something that they want to talk about in an interview for whatever reason. So then clearly you wouldn't put it on there. So it's not a mandatory rule. Put all your volunteer experiences and all of your um, student group organization experiences on your resume. For the most part, we say most definitely do it. I will add, though, if you don't have something really great to say about your experience, then don't put it on there. Time and time again, I've asked students when I go through their resume, they might have listed that they were a member of a certain student organization. And I'll say, hey, tell me about what you did with this organization. And they're like, well, I went to meetings. And I'm like, if that's all you have to say about it, then take it off. Because that is clearly you were a part of it just to put it on your resume. And recruiters will ask those questions Mm -hmm. about your involvement. So if you don't have anything amazing to say, then don't put it on there. What type of advice would you give to parents that have students at MSU? How can they support um, their sons or daughters that are here at Michigan State University when it comes to their career development? That's a great question. Because um, you have interestingly, a son. You have, you're, you're I a have mother, student, yeah. right. I'm, yeah. I'm a parent of uh, college students as well. And I will tell you, being a parent of college students and working with college students, it's definitely very, very eye-opening. Um, and I can understand the challenges um, as a parent. It's you're making a big investment or your student is making a big investment on attending college, um, both financially as well as with regards to their time. And you want to ensure that the outcome is is what you hope for. But time and time again, I meet with amazing students and they're frustrated because their parents don't think that the field that the student is going into um aligns with what they would determine as successful or what they think um, will be well-paying or something along those lines. So I do see that a lot. Um, And it's it's very, very hard. And I know that the parents are very well-intentioned. But there is a point where you have to trust that your student is exploring all of their resources and utilizing utilizing all their resources. And this is a time for them to... Figure it out for themselves. Um, And once they figure it out for themselves, they will make it happen. 
MSU is so diverse and we have so many people from so many different backgrounds, so many different experiences, different social economic statuses, people from across the country. And I don't think it's like the first thing that they think about. I think they're just trying to get through college. The students are just trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to come to, you know, deal with their classes. And then sometimes they even get caught up with like all the social Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things that are happening sure. at MSU because it's such a huge campus. So uh, that's what I was thinking. Like it also, mm-hmm. I think it always starts from the parents too, right? I think they need to talk about their experience and implement that and share with their students, like take advantage of these resources. I think it's just what you're saying. It's having a conversation. Um, it's it's letting the student know that the parent is aware that there are a lot of great resources available. And so asking them questions, have they had the opportunity to have a drop-in appointment? Have they had their resume critiqued? Are they utilizing Handshake? Um, And have they gone to a career fair? I know some colleges even send incoming freshmen a little postcard in the mail that says, hey, we have career fairs and we expect that you go to them. Make sure that your student gets comes to campus with a suit ready to go. Um, So ensuring that they are prepared from that standpoint as well, knowing that we encourage freshmen to attend all of these events, um, and we want them to get involved right away. So just opening up that door. Um, when you asked the first question, I, I paused and I went down the path of saying, have your student kind of take that first step? Mm-hmm. Um, because I get emails from parents on a regular basis. <laughs> so that can be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I actually um, just responded to one before I came in the studio today. So uh, we do receive a lot of emails from parents and we're happy to, to let you know about our resources. But in the end, please ask your student to reach out to us directly. We are here waiting to help them. We have so mm-hmm. many resources. Yes. Um, and it's just a matter of them taking that first step and coming to a drop-in appointment, coming to an event, or just reaching out to us via email. You brought up something very interesting, and I was about to go into that. You said to come prepared with a suit because they're going to be meeting different people. They are going to career fairs. What would be like an advice that you would give to either a female student or a male student in terms of like attire, professional attire, like some quick basic things for them to uh, know when they come to MSU? Because a lot of these freshmen sometimes don't know um, the knowledge about the professional attire. I think especially the millennials and our generation, we... The fashion is just changing so much and there's there's no there's no rules or there is rules. And what would you advise in terms of professional attire? Sure. So it's always good to have one conservative outfit, one professional conservative outfit that you can mix and match and wear with some other pieces, no matter what industry you're going into. So for men, it's usually easy a suit. So it doesn't have to be black. (laughs) It doesn't have to be black or blue, but generally a gray conservative color of some sort, right? Um, A shirt. It doesn't have to be a white shirt, but a a button-up shirt um, and a tie. Socks, I will laugh, um, but a pair of dress socks because Mm -hmm. I see individuals, you know, and the guys in the dead of winter wearing... um, Socks that weren't intended to be worn with a suit. We'll yeah. leave it at that. And shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I will see with some casual <laughs> shoes. They've got their great suit on and they've got the casual shoes. Like that was the one missing piece. And then also some sort of a um, folder or portfolio that you can put your resumes in, be able to take notes at all of these different events that you have the opportunity to attend as well. So that's a part of it as well. 
And then in, in some cases, you don't have to wear your tie. Or you could wear the jacket with a really great pair of jeans, a nice pair of jeans, mm-hmm. um, and your button-up shirt, and, and be fine um, at a more casual event. But you, at least you look polished. You don't look like... Um, a student rolling out of bed heading to class, right? Yes, so. I agree. Because you would be surprised <laughs> of the outfits that we see people wearing here at MSU. And I just want to add really quick to uh, what Karen was talking about with the attire. Like, I love dressing up. I love casual clothes. I love professional attire. And I was an image consultant for two years in uh, San Antonio, Texas. I sold custom clothing. And one thing that I tell a lot of clients, like I said, there's just there's no rules to what you wear. But when it comes to professionalism, you, you either want to have like a nice conservative suit. I always advise for men to have a nice navy suit in their closet and either a white shirt or a blue shirt because you could wear it multiple times without people thinking that you're a creature of habit. I actually am going to be honest, I'm not wearing socks right now with my shoes, <laughs> but I'm doing the more modern look when I'm wearing a sport coat. I'm not wearing a, like a full suit. I'm just wearing a nice button down shirt, some slacks and a sport coat. And so and it's, it's hot outside. It's still so it's just I'm going with the weather and but the rule of thumb for your socks when you're wearing shoes, they have to match your pants. A lot of people think, oh, they should be black because your shoes are black. No, it's supposed to match your slacks or the pants that you that you decide to wear. If your shirt is not being able to button like the collar because if it doesn't fit, then it, that's okay. Don't wear a, a tie, but you don't want to be uh, like suffocated or sweating when you're talking to somebody. So just wear something that makes you feel you know, confident, but comfortable as well. Perfect. And I will give my two cents about what women should wear. But Michael, will, being the image consultant background, which I had slipped my mind, um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll have more great tips mm-hmm. to add. You should consult me. Um, at any rate, so for women, I think the biggest piece with women, um, so same thing, a suit, a dark suit, and that could be a skirt and a jacket or pants and a jacket. Pants are just great. So most definitely same thing, shoes. Um, a lot of women feel that they have to wear, or a lot of our students feel that they have to wear heels. If you can't walk comfortably in heels, we see many students walking around in heels and they look like they're not comfortable. We'll leave yeah. it at that. Um, <laughs> and if you can't walk comfortably in heels, then you shouldn't wear them. Then a pair of dress flats is, is completely fine. And then again, a conservative color blouse or sweater to wear underneath that jacket but once again, you can break that up easily um, and wear in, in different in different types of um, in different sets. Yeah, Did no, you want to add something well, to that? Wanna, I'm no, dying yeah, to hear what he's no, going to say. Well, it's, well, I'm like I'm so <laughs> observant. It's so it's I'm so observant with just the way people carry themselves and the way that they dress. But I always tell women like before you you know you leave the house or you're going to go on an interview, make sure that your hair is not wet. Make sure that you blow dry it or that it's just nice and dry because it's very distracting. And then it your shirt gets wet. It's just. You, you're going to look like a hot mess. So make sure like your hair is, you know, the first thing that you kind of think about. And then makeup. If you don't wear like a lot of makeup or if you do wear a lot of makeup, just make sure it's like the most natural looking mm-hmm. uh, makeup that you can uh, do for the day or for the interview. And then the same thing with clo- clothing, like make sure it's a nice conservative, uh, either a suit or a skirt. And you don't want to make sure that the skirt's too short as long, you know, you want to make sure it's at least three fingers uh, above the knee or, you know, 
And you also don't want it to be super long either. Just make sure it, it feels comfortable to you and it's, you know, conservative as well. And then thing with this heels too, just make sure that they're not open toe heels. You want to make sure that they're closed. Either a nude heel is always really nice, a black heel or a navy a heel. You don't want to wear the heels that you're wearing out, you know, at different social evening <laughs> events. So it's very important to... Leave a really good first impression mm -hmm. on the people that you're meeting with or the employers that, you know, you're potentially interested in working for in the future. Right. I, I agree. And I think that it can be hard sometimes for students because a lot of um, employers might come to us dressed a little bit more casually and they might see that as a signal that, hey, I can dress a little bit more casually. But truly, remember, you're trying to make a great first impression and you're still dressing for that next job that you want. And I think that's something to always keep in mind. Um, we had a career fair in the fall and it was a local job and internship fair. So it was for opportunities, not only right here on campus to work during the school year, but also that were local. And we encourage students just come as you were. It was a hot day, same thing. So we had a lot of students popping in in shorts in between their classes. Um, and then there were some students that were wearing their suits. They were looking for internships and they were pretty serious about their, their pursuits. And I was surprised at the number of employers that were saying um, how great it was that so many students dressed up. I definitely, definitely agree. Like it, it, so it really depends on the environment, on the situation. I just always say if you're doubting yourself, I'd rather be like overdressed mm -hmm. than underdressed. But putting on a suit and a shirt and tie just gives you this confidence and you feel just so good about yourself. And people treat you differently. They just they they show it just shows that you have this great self-respect and you you, mm -hmm. you take care of your image and it's important to you. So when in doubt, just make sure you still dress up, you know, make sure that you're you have a nice haircut or, you know, that there's no tattoos visible and that you don't have like long nails. It's like little basic things that you should be conscious of. But you know, yeah, I think we I think with in terms of the attire, it shouldn't be too too hard just as long as you're conservative with what you decide to wear. Well said. How often are career fairs happening like at MSU? Oh my goodness. Um we have so many career fairs happening at MSU. Like I had said, you know, there are 37, there could even be more than that, believe it or not, um, this upcoming year. We are seeing a growth of smaller fairs. We had talked about the large fairs that are at the Breslin Center. Um, a week and a half ago, we had 540 unique employers over four days uh, of career fairs. And those were pretty big fairs. But we really like the smaller career, well, students and employers really like the smaller fairs where you might see three to 400 students and 60 employers, and they focus on one specific industry. So we're seeing a lot of um, expansion in that area. So if you know you're interested in, in one specific um, field, there's probably a career fair for that specific field. Whether you know that you want to work for one specific company in a unique market in a specific area, or again, you just don't know where to even begin. That's what we're here for. Okay. Um, and everything in between. We have leading numbers with regards to um, our, what students are doing after they, they graduate um, from MSU. We know that our students have exceptional internships during their time here as well. Um, our students 
are very well prepared um, upon graduation. And we can ensure that they are making a great connection with all the different employers and all the different opportunities that are available to them. Michael, I remember how active you were in terms of different career fairs and, and the networking and all the different things that you were involved in. Um, did not know you when you were a freshman mm-hmm. um, but um, or a sophomore, I guess. But uh, I remember that you were quite involved when I did when I did meet you and you, you jumped right into all of those activities. And it seemed like something that you were a natural with. And I know that's attributed partially to your personality, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, you're a great networker in general, but not everyone is. Yes, and that's something yeah. that a lot of people need to get a lot of practice with before feeling really comfortable and being able to pitch themselves and sell themselves to those employers. So we are talking about kind of practicing your skills, um, attending practice interviews. I mean, why not attend practice interviews as a freshman, as opposed to realizing that you're not landing any positions? I've met with students and they say, my goodness, I had eight interviews. I'm not getting any second rounds. I'll look at their resume. It looks like they have great experience. And then we realize that there's a disconnect in the interviews and they simply need to practice interviewing. So why risk having that happen to you as a as a junior or senior um, when you can easily take advantage of that when you're a freshman? Because I have a confession. Every job that I've ever interviewed for, I've always gotten. I've never. <laughs> but, and I'm like, how, what are the statistics? You know, of I'm like, course. but how could I teach that to somebody else? But I just understood what my weaknesses were and then what my strengths were. And then I was able to just have confidence and talk about that and always mm-hmm. say that there's room for improvement. I'm here to learn. I'm here to grow. Professionally and personally. So. Your situation is rare. Mm-hmm. I just want to yeah, make sure we oh, yeah, get yeah. that out there. It's a rare situation. Mm-hmm. Most people do not receive every job that they have ever interviewed yeah, no, for. It's every great. opportunity. But, I start, but yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah. But the thing, what I'm trying to say is that I started also at a young age with mm-hmm. mock interviews. I was in debate teams. I was in right. speech. Like it's stuff that you put to practice. I go prepared to an interview and I go prepared to ask questions. Also, I see it as yes, they're interviewing me for the job, but I'm also interviewing them to see if this company or this organization is the right fit for me as well. Mm -hmm. Well. I think we covered all the basics and we talked about the different resources Mm -hmm. that the Career Services Network Center has to offer. Um, Y'all can find them at the Student Services Building right across from the MSU Museum. And all across campus. And all across campus, <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Karen, for being here. Thank you for sharing your experience and your knowledge on Career Services Center. Thank you, Michael. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs>